Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Ruby. And we are The Duality Project, and you're listening to The Self-Study Podcast Season 2, Full Circle Moments. Most people are speeding through life, following all the roads and rules that were set by other people. This can look like working a job that isn't fulfilling, finding yourself in a marriage that lacks intimacy, or feeling like your friendships could be deeper. When life feels this way, it's common to ask yourself, what's it all for? We believe that there must be more to life than a series of shitty events with short breaks in between. Chances are, honestly, we hope you feel the same way. (laughs) But um, (laughs) chances are you're not quite sure how to tap into life more fully. The good news is it can be better, and we're here to help you get there. The My Self Study Practice is designed to empower you to step off the hamster wheel of who you should be and into the life that you want to be living. The My Self Study Practice is a nine-themed field guide to inner homing. A field guide is a book designed to help the reader, you, identify wildlife, also you, you are also the wildlife, or other objects of natural occurrence, also still you, you are of natural occurrence. It is generally designed to be brought into the field, like your life, or local area, also still your life, where such objects, you, exist to help distinguish between similar objects. So let me read that one more time. (laughs) Um, A field guide is a book designed to help the reader identify wildlife or other objects of natural occurrence. It is generally designed to be brought into the field or local area where such objects exist to help distinguish between similar objects. And homing means relating to an animal's ability to return to a place or territory after traveling a distance away from it. Coming back home. Yeah. So like what happens in life, right, is like you're a kid and then you get raised in a particular way. Like we all get raised with all of this stuff and then we get sent out into life. And like what happens out in life is that like somewhere along the line, somebody and Every piece of marketing that you see tells you who and how you should be. The myself study practice helps you to go, actually, something's not quite right here. And I want to return home to like my own body, to my own being, to my own inner sense of like wisdom and care and compassion. Like it, it takes you back home like to who you are and what the field guide does the field guide part of things is basically like you can take these nine themes of the myself study practice into your life like exactly where you are and how you are and what it does is it gives you the tools to like use your instincts to come back home to that like sense of self and literally maybe you have not been in touch with that since you were like six you know Or maybe even sometimes before then, like the way that the world works and the way that our society works is that we just kind of like we take kids away from like their sense of self and tell them how to be instead. Yeah, it's like the field guide gives you the tools and the homing is the goal. And so the nine themes of the myself study practice get you there. And in, Shout out to Ruby for always being so succinct, you know, I just like, <laughs> can I tell you, and you already know this if you've been here listening to the podcast, but it's like, get you friends who like, they're not the same as you, they compliment you, they make you better. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I love you, Ruby. 
I love you too, Kate. <laughs> um, yeah, the My Self Study Practice is our life's work. We have this podcast and we also do a deep dive in a small group setting every year as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if these episodes resonate for you and you're wanting to go deeper, go to the show notes and schedule a discovery call with one of us. We'd love to meet you, get to know you, know what you're looking for. Or you can just go ahead and get on the wait list to join us in the next round of the self-study program. Yeah. And it's like what one-on-one -on -one coaching is like, and same thing with the My Self Study program is it's like, we'll teach you how to use the field guide. And from there, like, yeah, if you want to do coaching with us for like years, we would love that. I absolutely love my clients who like to do that. And also then after, you know, after your, after the program is over, after like the coaching package is over, then you just get to take the field guide with you every single place that you go. Like every time you go through a transition or every time something feels sticky or every time you start to notice that you're like running around on the hamster wheel or you notice that things are just a series of shitty events you get to go oh I need to get into the field guide to figure this one out and then you move yourself through the themes speaking of a field guide um Speaking of the field guide, you can also just go ahead and order your own copy of the my self-study practice guided workbook on you can also just go ahead and order your own copy of the My Self Study Practice Guided Workbook and Journal. The link is also in the show notes. You can purchase it on Amazon. And in this workbook and journal, we guide you through the nine themes with exercises to do so that you can go ahead and get started on this kind of inner looking. And then through the program and one-on-one -on -one coaching, we, in this podcast, we are your guides. Um we're your guides. We're like your, we're like your counselors. We're oh my like, gosh. Wait, you want to know what I've always wanted to be is a um, park ranger because we're of the, the outfit. Rangers. Ruby, I need a hat. If we are going to be park rangers and, and passing out field guides to inner homie, we need suits. We need, well, we, yeah, we need additional suits. We need additional suits. <laughs> we need we more do suits. already have our suits and of course we're not wearing them, but yeah, we need hats or Let's talk. Badges. I do need a badge. For sure. We need badges. Cute. Okay. We digress. We're really Let's glad you're here listening today. Okay. <laughs> Let's tell them a little bit more about what season two is and what we're getting into today. Yeah. Okay. So we have a guest today on the podcast. Her name is Anna Vatoni. But before we talk about Anna, um, like, so the reason that um, see, season two is all about full, so full. That's hard for me to say. It's hard to say full <laughs> circle moments, full circle moments, full circle moments, full circle moments, <laughs> full circle moments. Um, so the reason that we're talking about that is because Ruby and I have been doing this work together since our early twenties. And so what we did a lot of in our twenties was like unpacking all of the shit that, you know, like all of the shit that we grew up with, we did a shit ton of unpacking and like reorganizing, rearranging, maybe throwing some shit out, getting some new shit. Um, you know, that's what we were doing in our early twenties. And there were a lot of things that I thought like, wow, this one has to get tossed. And now that I'm in my early thirties, and Ruby and I are both now in our early 30s, and we've gone through our Saturn return, we are just having a lot of full circle moments. And that has both been like, honestly, it can, it's felt a little bit scary to me sometimes mm. to realize like, oh no, this thing that I <laughs> used to be very clear on that, that I didn't want to be a part of, or like, 
that I had decided got, was going to get like chopped out or whatever, like here it is. And I'm having this like, um, positive experience with something that I didn't think I was going to want to do again or be around or like whatever. Um, and so it's been, yeah, kind of scary in that way. But then also the way that some of these full circle things feel is like very tender and mm -hmm. like the youngest parts of me, like recognize this thing and there's a safety to it. There's an understanding to them. Um, and just like a familiarity mm -hmm. and how lovely that has been. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're speaking to it. It's like when we were in our twenties and like, maybe this resonates for you too. Maybe that's where you are right now, or maybe you're on the other side of it, but like things felt like I needed to get them to be cut and dry in mm -hmm. order to like make sense of the world, create a clear path forward and be safe. And what I appreciate about life and the acquiring of wisdom I think that's what this is. I think it's acquiring wisdom oh, is that there's yeah, yeah. more room for nuance and like a broader, deeper understanding that it's like not even, it's like not our job to make sense of life. Like, yes, it is in a way, but also like we'll never get all the way to the bottom of it. And so there can be so much more space and joy in the process of like trying to make sense of life when the goal isn't like figuring it out. And so these full circle moments feel like a reminder to our hearts, to your heart, that we don't have to figure it out to be doing the right thing or to be living life in the right way. Like, we don't have to figure it out. And actually, the parts of you that exist or the parts of your story that have played out, good, bad, ugly, regrettable, exciting, like whatever they are, they they all like serve a purpose and have a place and there is nuance in that. And like, there's wisdom there. There's wisdom mm -hmm. there. And yeah. And it's part of your like life experience, which is so beautiful. Even yeah. the parts that are messy or painful or unfair, like it ends up all just like weaving into a tapestry. And especially like the, my self study practice is a, is a field guide that helps you, um, like patch up that fabric how it needs to be and like that each one of those pieces has a place where it belongs on the quilt yeah yeah and it fills a hole those pieces those like and those pieces fill like a a little rip or a little hole yeah and what is um it, wabi-sabi yeah wabi-sabi is the like japanese concept of uh perfection in the imperfection thought it was repairing something with gold like a piece of broken pottery what is that I one called that That's has something a different else. name damn it Hold the on. amount of times that i've talked about this and then not stored this information in my brain <laughs> let's see kintsugi oh yeah literally means gold seams and it's a traditional repair method that takes broken or chipped parts of cherished vessels and glues them back together with this special lacquer. And then they uh, paint the seams with gold or silver powder. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are this beautiful vessel, you know, and like, it's not about like filling in the parts so that it never looks like it was never broken or dropped or thrown up against a wall or, you know, something like that. 
it's about like almost even like highlighting those pieces and those Mm -hmm. people, those pieces being like a big part of your story and your truth and your experience Mm -hmm. and what gives you access to wisdom and compassion, you know? Yeah. And it really does create so much beauty. Like, and the older I get, the more this feels true. And I really don't prefer that this feels like a truth, but it's like the people (laughs) who I know, (laughs) you know, the people who I know who have the most depth, the most like sense of self and the most like impact the people who I meet who like I'm like you get it are all people who have had to go through some shit like for sure life has happened to them and they've embraced it and like made the most of it and so it's honestly it's like the people who I meet who have been um like overly protected or shielded or something you know like there just hasn't been like devastation (laughs) in the same way like there is a lack of understanding there's like Mm -hmm. a lack of wisdom and so and just general depth you know they haven't had to go there yet and so this season of full circle moments is serves to be a reminder to all of us that like the parts that exist exist for a reason and they are our wellspring of wisdom and when we go deep then we can go wide and then you have something yeah wow and everything okay. belongs. Everything belongs. Everything yeah. Belongs. Um, so yeah. today, later, I mean, in a minute, we'll get to the intro of the episode with Anna. We had a really great conversation. Wait, and- sorry, Ruby. I want to go back to the part about everything belongs. Okay. I want to speak to our current political um, situation. That both sides of the party say that certain things don't belong. And so... Um, if you are in the process, like I have definitely been in the process of um, navigating my politics and how my own politics like show up for me in my life. And part of what feels really scary is to be in the practice of like compassion and belonging um, because that will inherently fuck with your um, clarity on your politics. It will make certain things feel harder to be firm about. And especially for me in like our, in my politics, uh, there's like, it felt like a sense of like righteousness or safety in my firmness. And it felt like nice to go like, actually my feet are stuck in the cement in this one and I feel clear. And so when I was talking earlier about the things that feel kind of scary, is that that, that part. That's how that part feels kind of scary for me because there are certain things where I'm like, oof, maybe there's actually a lot more nuance in this particular situation, but I wanted to feel really clear about this because I feel clear on my politics. So um, I just want to offer that like the, some of the stuff that we talk about feels, um, might rub up against the righteous firmness of your politics or what, or any other aspect of our lives. Right. Cause like, uh, the system, like all of the systems, each of the systems in place operates from a place of this or this binary mm-hmm. thinking and what life actually teaches us and offers us. And what especially we feel present to in these full circle moment episodes is the nuance in between or like the gray area in between and that's going to come up 
in so many ways. Oh my gosh. I'm currently um, just like yesterday finished my first Colleen Hoover book. I wasn't, I, I, I don't know, nothing against Colleen Hoover. I just have this thing where I'm like, if people like it, I probably won't like <laughs> do it, read it, watch it. But I was finally like, I just need a light read. People really like it. Okay, here we go. So I read It Ends With Us. And the reason I'm bringing this up right now is because Colleen Hoover does a beautiful job painting a picture of how challenging it is to find yourself in a position where there is so much nuance. And Kate and I mm -hmm. have also just in our personal lives been talking about how easy it is to like rationalize things based on this like dichotomous, like this or this thinking. And so specifically in It Ends With Us, I don't want to give away any spoilers. So how do I do this? But she just like really um, walks the line of is this okay or is this not okay? Mm -hmm. And the way that sometimes like how we feel about something co conflicts with the truth of it. And that's such a tough place to be. And like, that's exactly what you're saying about like politics or like um, we could even like throw it into the realm of religion or like anything mm -hmm. where it feels like there's like a righteous um, just one way. There are put rules it there. to how you do this thing. Yeah, and that the compassion piece is giving room for not understanding all the pieces at play. Because it's easy to look at what someone else is doing and think, I could, ne I would never put up with that, or like, mm -hmm. I would never do that, or I would never vote for that, or I would never believe in that. And you know what it's like to be a complex human being. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what it's like to be that person's combination of complexity. Um, there's this phenomenon. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically our human propensity to like when it's about ourselves, it's like justified and like mm -hmm. really true and very nuanced. But if it's about someone else, um, it's not it's like very it's like clear it's, it's easy. easy for us to be like this that's wrong or whatever what'd you say I said yeah it's clear and it's easy to be like yeah no. and so <laughs> it's like this weird like psychological thing that our brain does also that we like are able to rationalize or like make sense of what we're doing but if it was someone else we're so easy to like it's really easy to like make a clear judgment about it um yeah and that shows up in so many areas of our lives and i just we know from experience that when we leave more room for the extra stuff then honestly for me it's like less stressful there's like less pressure on myself there's less um shame mm -hmm. and much more space for connection and ease because like i don't have to fight for my side so in a minute we'll tell you about our guest anna vitoni and uh, we had a lovely conversation with her about a lot of this, like, especially like coming of age experience of nuance around the theme of trust. Okay, well, first things first, we have this really fun offering right now, and it is a 50 minute phone call. The first 20 minutes of it is some market research. So basically, we are asking you to please sign up for a free coaching and market research call. We're the ones doing the free coaching 
Nope. We're the ones doing the market research. You're the one who would get the free coaching. Um, so the first 20 minutes, we'll, t- we'll ask you some questions just about like our stuff and like our content. Do you like it? How's it going? We want to know what you want to know from us on the internet, basically. And then we'll spend the last 20 minutes to do some like free coaching. So if you're kind of feeling like stuck in a, in a something right now, you're going through a transition, um, you need somebody to, um, pickleball your shit off of that's us let's play pickleball together (laughs) yeah or even if you just want an opportunity to explore what coaching with us would be like or get to know us a little bit better this is the offering for you to sign up for it's literally free it is a short amount of time 45 to 50 minutes with us um It is an even exchange. You give us some insight into our industry. We give you some insight into your life and you can sign up now in the link in the show notes. Um, Yeah, we'd really love to chat with you. These have been going really well. Um, I've been loving talking to you all about like what's going on in your life and how it relates to the myself study practice themes and what it is that we can do better in getting the word out about our stuff because like that's the thing that's the thing that we've been working on that's what we've been like stuck in for so long um that we you know you get stuck in something and then eventually you get tired of it and bored of it and you're just like i gotta get free and so we've been (laughs) yeah we're i'm tired of my bullshit and yeah this is our way of reconnecting to you and what it is that you're looking for in a coach um and how we can like share that with people so that more people know about our work. Because if you're here listening, it's probably because either someone shared it with you and told you you should listen, or you've been listening and you get something out of it. So yeah, sign up for free coaching and market research. And I guess another plug while we're at it is share this episode with a friend. Yes, please. Because, right, it's like we're having to do marketing for my self-study practice. And marketing is also like so problematic in so many ways, you know, and it's like so part of the work that we do is like teach you how to not get sucked into marketing by like offering you your own like sense of presence. Right. But then it's like, but now we're having to do marketing. (laughs) marketing. So like, you know, yeah, help us, help us help you. Ta-da. Applications are currently closed for the Myself Study program because we started the 2023 round in March. And so we're currently on the theme of freedom. And so we're having a great time. A lot of things are opening up. A main thing that we've come across is um, freedom is where everything belongs. All parts of you belong. And if you're interested in the self-study program, um, again, in the show notes, there's a link in the show notes for you to get on the wait list for the next round so that you'll be um, ready for the next one. We'd love to have you. The, this is like a, it's a group coaching program and we keep it really small, like 10 to 16 people max. And that way, like you get plenty of time. We get plenty of time with you. The program includes five one-on-one coaching sessions. Um, Yeah. If you're here listening, if you like this podcast, you would love the self-study program. So 
get on the wait list and then you can be the first one to sign up when we launch the next round. Perfect. We've already talked about the guided workbook and journal. Get yours. If you don't have it, do it. Leave a review. Thank you. Um, um, last little housekeeping is about Heartland. Heartland is the online community where we do it together as a reminder that we're not alone. Our most active piece of Heartland is that we have a monthly challenge. Um, right now, the challenge has just transitioned. So we have a new challenge every month. Right now, the challenge is about the theme of boundaries and the inquiry that you answer every day is um this is what my little self needs to hear or like this is what like a younger part of me needs to hear from me so it's a really great practice if you are working on boundaries and or um you have any amount of work or curiosity around working with like your inner parts and like your younger self or your inner child if you will um, this is an excellent time to go ahead and join Heartland. Your first seven days are free. It's only seven bucks a month after that and get into the daily challenge because honestly, it's just like having a reminder to do these really simple, short self-inquiries in a public forum is a transformational process. It gives you a chance to be in the practice every day for 30 days and you get to really see that evolve and also like alongside other people and community is a really um what's the word um integral integral yes um i feel like in the self development world community is a really i want to say understated but what i mean is like uh what's the word like underhyped what what am i going what am yeah. i trying to say well they make it seem like we have to do it all by ourselves it's like this hyper individualized practice this like self yeah, but like the work. word that I'm looking for, just like the word is like, um, not understated, not like underhyped, like, uh, anyway, community for connection and you can do it in Heartland. We would love to have you. All right. Let me tell you about our guest. Anna Vitoni is a personal brand strategist, storyteller, and writer. She teaches people how to build their personal brand, discover their purpose, clarify their message, and communicate with confidence online. She's been featured in Entrepreneur, Founder, The Startup, and Girl Boss. She's also the host of the Personal Branding Podcast, where she discusses what it means to build an authentic personal brand and create effective content for social media. We are thrilled to welcome Anna Vitoni to the Self-Study Podcast. Well, hi, Anna. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is such a treat. I'm so glad we're getting to do this. Me too. Um, we like to start all of our interviews and our guests with uh, share about a little bit of gratitude. So we'll yeah. just each um, go through and share something that we're grateful for today. And you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. What am I grateful for today? Oh, I think. I'm grateful for the morning time. I think that's my favorite part of the day. And I think about three years ago, I really started intentionally sitting down to do some of those special things in the morning. Um, so for me, that looks like journaling and doing a loving kindness meditation and getting some type of movement in. And it's been the one solace, like the, the 
the solace that I have that I always come back to. And, you know, even when I feel overwhelmed, I really do. And when I'm going to sleep each night, I think, okay, well, tomorrow I get to do my more, my special morning things. And that always just brightens up my, my mood. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that practice that I've developed. Mm. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I do a lot of that stuff at night. And so, but I like that you're speaking to like getting to go like, well, tomorrow I get to wake up to that thing. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, tomorrow you get to wake up and then do a whole day to get to the part of it that is your favorite. <laughs> and I so think like, I'm like at four o'clock, I'm like, okay, well, I almost, I get to go to bed soon. And then I get to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Totally. My parents used to be like, the sooner you go to sleep, the sooner you get to wake up. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, that's you for the morning. <laughs> yep. It's so interesting how we all have such a different rhythm and cadence, mm-hmm. like where our energy peaks the most, I feel like varies mm-hmm. so much from person to person. Is that the morning time for you? Yeah, definitely. Do, do you have like a time in your life where you like figure that out? Or is that something that you've already known? About five years ago, I remember saying to myself, I want to wake up early. Like I want to wake up at 5am and it didn't come natural at first. Like it did feel a little bit weird, but then once I started doing it, I kind of like just started coming alive in the morning and I realized, oh, wait a second, this is when I'm the most productive. And so instead of trying to like cram all these things in in the morning, I started trying to make my mornings more intentional and more for me. And then that's when I started just, yeah, realizing that and got a lot more productive and felt like, oh, I'm, I'm getting this now. I can do this. <laughs> I mean, it's a skill and a practice, just like anything else to get ourselves out of bed. Totally. Yeah. Kate, what are you grateful for? I've been feeling just extremely grateful for my body recently. Um, I am in a rhythm right now of working out like a lot. The summertime like brings me alive and just like breathes all this like nice fire into me. And so like, I really feel like right now I have a place for that fire to go that feels, um, that is like helping me feel like, like fun and also like really capable. I just am feeling like I'm pretty much feeling like the Hulk right now. And (laughs) there's something just like, that just feels like nice. You know, it just like feels nice to be like, I can fucking do this. Cause if I can do this, then like, what, what can I not do? Um, and so I'm like having a lot of fun in the gym right now, to be honest. And I'm feeling really like, um, capable the gym is helping me feel capable and that's like translating into um how I feel about you know the work that Ruby and I are doing and um so I'm just feeling like especially grateful for my body for like being with me in all of these like seasons you know like Ruby I think about like six months ago and what I was doing like six months ago which was being in bed a lot and not working out Mm -hmm. and my body was with me then and She's with me now and I feel really grateful that I've like cultivated that kind of relationship that goes through feeling like the Hulk sometimes and then also feeling like deep into multiple rounds of just depressive martinis that other times. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. That's really encouraging for me to hear, Kate, because I'm kind of in a season right now where I feel a lot more slow. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to be in that space. I'd much prefer to feel like the Hulk, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get why. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So actually hearing that feels very encouraging to me. It's just a reminder yeah. that, you know, that will come again, hopefully for me too. So. It will come again. For and sure. Yeah, uh-huh. And what I know about is like my seasons of Hulk, like feel good. And they also like, I've, I think that they sustain me a little bit through those like seasons of like really slowness. And then when I'm in my like Hulky seasons, I recognize that those seasons of slowness, I like that we're calling it a hulking. The other day, somebody was like, you mean like She-Hulk? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I differentiate. I don't know. I don't know her. (laughs) I only know the Hulk. Um, But like those like slow, I can recognize how those slow seasons like support this time for me too. Definitely. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ruby? Well, I really resonate with things like pieces of what both of you have shared. I feel really grateful for partnership in my life and just like ease in relationships. Um, And that right now, the people who I'm in relationship with, all those relationships feel very easeful. And I feel really grateful for that. Um, And in my partnership with my husband, Jake. Anna, what you're sharing feels really potent right now because Jake looked at me on Sunday and he was like, I'm feeling a little wild. I think I'm needing an intense phase. I'm going to start waking up at 4 a.m. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, can you get me up at like 5.15? I will also (laughs) wake up earlier. We can, I will do it together. And it's just so helpful for me to feel like uh, accountable in that way and just like have partnership and like shared experience. Um, And like, I don't know, I'm a very, and I imagine you are, and I know that Kate is, we're like very like do it people. Like I can muster up the wherewithal to just like do it on my own. But I did that for a long time without the, like a close supportive partnerships in my life. And it feels so nice to just like have that framework in place. Um, And to honor, yeah, like the seasons that come even like within partnership. Like one of my favorite things about him is like, he's not intense all the time and he's not chill all the time. And it's like fun to him. So like getting to watch him be like, this seems like a fun thing to do, to try and like do for a season. Whereas to me, I tend to be a little more like all or nothing. And like, I have to do it this way to get it right. And he's like, sounds cool to wake up at 4am until I get tired and bored of it. And I'm like, okay, we'll try it. So I feel really grateful for that perspective yeah. that comes like fresh through my partnerships. I really like that. It's so nice to feel like you can take the pressure off, like that it just gets to be something you can experiment with. It doesn't have yeah. to be something that's your end all be all. Yeah, he's really good at that. And it is not my strongest skill. So he helps me and I appreciate that. You know, it's, and- I'm resonating too with what you're saying because, um, you know, for, for most of my life, I had to get really used to doing everything on my own and I had to be really self-reliant. And now that I'm in partnership, it's a totally different skill to learn how to rely on someone and how to also, you know, factor their, their needs and their, like their own desires for their lives into our life as a whole. Um, and yeah, just hearing you, hearing that, being something you're grateful for is also resonant for me right now too. Yeah. Thanks for sharing y'all. 
we really yeah. like to start everything with gratitude and um yeah because it's such a cornerstone of what makes life worth living you know to like be able to see and appreciate and like come back to that appreciation so thanks for playing with us Anna Hey, you want to talk to the theme that we're on and a little bit of how we got there? Give Anna a little yeah. context for that. Okay. So um, the way that the podcast is laid out is that we work in themes because Ruby and I have created a nine theme curriculum called the Myself Study Practice. It starts with presence. And so like what we suggest, what we, what the Myself Study Practice suggests is that always first come back to presence. And then what happens after presence is acceptance and acceptance doesn't say um, it is what it is. And so I have to be okay with it. Acceptance just says it is what it is. And now have a choice. And then trust is the next theme that comes in the ninth theme curriculum. And trust says, I already have the tools. So like, what am I going to do now? What's here now? What am I going to do now? Um, how do I know, like, how do I know what to do next? How do I know what to say? How do I know what decision to make? How do I know when to stay or leave? How do I know if this is a person for me or how do I not know? And like, so much of our experience is like you go out into the world and, and there's so much like framework around us all the time that says, this is how, you know, these are the things, these are the things that you look for. These are the red flags. These are the green flags. These are the beige flags. These are the yellow flags. You know, like we see so much of that. And even like our friends, our friends go like, oh, this person isn't right for you, or this thing isn't right for you. Or don't you want to make sure that you have X, Y, Z in your life? And, you know, I think all of that stuff is so like well-intentioned, but what it does when we're listening from like this external, like to all this external stuff is that it takes us away from being in tune with almost like what are our own instincts? What are our own, I was talking the other day about the word discernment. And I was like, discernment is when you put something through your own like internal filters of like wisdom. And so when it comes to trust, it's like, how do you come home to those like internal filters of wisdom, I think. Um, and that can be a really hard thing to do. And I think um, especially when there's probably also the parts of all of us that says, well, how do you know? Are you sure? Don't you think you should? X, Y, Z. And then so trust says, well, maybe, but this is really what I think. And then you do it. But that's kind of the theme that we're on and how like building a practice of self-trust, like then leads you down. I don't know. That's what we, that's what we'll talk about together today. Like, where is that taking you? And how has that like surprised you? And how has that, how has your own practice of like self-trust completely expanded and evolved any sort of like dreams that you've had about life or, or stories about like, what's even possible for my life. You know, trust says like anything possible, but it can be hard to hear that sometimes when there's also like fear or something, you know? So yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about like when we talk about trust, like what comes up for you and like, what does trust mean for you and your experience? When you were talking, Kate, you know, the, the thing that really came up for me was just the immense amount of trust that one has to have in themselves to start and build and pursue a business. I mean, both of you know what that feels like and it's um, very uncertain and very nervous to go into something with really without knowing what the outcome will be or what it will look like or what kind of paycheck you're going to get if you're going to get one at all. Um, when I first started my business, I was 23 and I was living at my parents' house at the time and they were generously allowing me to live there rent-free, which is bit, like looking back now, I'm like, oh, wow, that was such a, a gift and really a, a privilege. I recognize my privilege in that. And at the same time, I really wasn't making any money for the first few months. And I had pretty much spent all my savings. I remember my credit cards were maxed and I was going on like two or three months and just really trying to get things off the ground. And I was getting to a point where I was starting to feel really anxious. And I think most notably, I was driving home and I was stopping for gas. And I remember checking my Bank of America app in the driver's seat and looking down to see that I had $30 in my, in my app. And I like lost it. I was like, I can't even fill up my car right now. Like, who am I to be calling myself an entrepreneur? I can't even fill up my gas tank. I put $10 in, filled up my tank like a quarter of the way, got home. And I went into my mom's bedroom and I said, I've got to write my resume. Like, I can't live like this anymore. You know, my friends are up in San Francisco. They have got full-time jobs. People are making real money. I'm still living at my parents' house. I'm just like plain pretend. Like, what am I doing? Um, and, you know, she, she said, Anna, we can write your resume. I can help you write your resume if that's really what you want to do. But I think you should hold off. Just wait a little bit longer and we'll see. And so I went to bed that night and the next day I didn't write the resume. I don't know. There was just something in me that was, I was frustrated. I was sick of it. I didn't want to continue doing it how I was doing it, but I thought I don't really have the willpower to write a resume right now. Like that's just not what, that's not the direction that I feel like I'm supposed to go in. So I didn't. And then I didn't write it the next day and I didn't write it the day after. And yeah, I think over the next couple of weeks were when I got my first few big clients. Like I remember getting $2,000 and being like, oh my God, I'm rich. Like <laughs> deal ever. I can um, fill up my car with gas so many times now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I just remember $30 being so much money and like maybe, you know, and it's all relative, right? You know, it, what do you, you know, mean? $2,000 being so much money or the 30, <laughs> 30, like still, yeah. I remember 30 felt like so much money to me. And, um, yeah. And I, I think during that period, when I think about trust, it is so blind sometimes. I remember remembering thinking writing the resume is the responsible thing to do. It makes sense. Like I don't have any money. I probably need to get a job. Like I need to get out of debt. I need to stop playing dress up and do the responsible thing. 
but there was this intuitive part of me that couldn't do it. Like I just couldn't bring myself to actually take that step. And it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever, but I kind of just had to trust that what I was doing was the right path for me. And, you know, thankful, thankful for my mom too, in that space. I mean, that like encouraging word, I don't know. I mean, I really needed to hear that at that moment. And that kind of felt like a divine conversation that really helped me stay on the right path. So yeah, I mean, trust is, it's very soft. It can be very soft and very tender and it's not necessarily like a, a bolstering, you know, knock on our doorstep. It's, it's quiet sometimes. Yeah. Your sweet mom for, you know, I have a mom who like feels similar to like what you're sharing and just like love a mom who sees us and is like, honey, I know what you, I know what you're up to. I can feel it too. You've got this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like her saying, uh, Hey, we can write the resume. It feels to me like that part was like, it's almost like she gave you access to choice. Cause in, in, when you were going like, Hey, I got to write my resume. It felt, it felt to me like you were like, I do not have any choices here. There's no choices. And it's almost like that little bit from her put you back in that space of it's always a choice to write your resume. And if that's what you want to choose to do, you can do that. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as you remember, you have the choice and you have the option, then all the tension starts to crumble a little bit because it's like, oh, I'm more cognizant of the fact that I'm making the choice not to, even though I know it's there, but I'm choosing this, even though it's hard. And there's, there's liberation in that there's like ownership, which makes you more inclined to keep going. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming to mind? Because then it's my shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My problem. (laughs) Yeah. The part that you're saying too, about it feeling kind of like, um, like a soft, gentle knock on the door of like, Hey, remember that you have you have a choice and like, let's look at how you really feel about it and like what really feels right. And in the context of the, my self-study themes, trust comes between acceptance and courage. And so I love you speaking to like the trust as like something that feels a little like soft and like, cause it is like a tender process to come to terms with like, I'm going to trust myself and like my, like me and myself is ultimately like what I know that I've got. And I can like own and live into my life in the way that I want to. And then it's like courage comes on the other side. That's like, okay, let's make the choice and take an action towards it. Um, yeah. And I just, yeah, I really feel present to like the dyne, the dynamic between the two, um, how it's like a gentle, loving, like knock on the door that then maybe turns into what feels like a push in the right direction. And, you know, I wish I could say that that was the only time where I really had to trust myself when in the context of building a business and an entrepreneurship. I mean, there have been since that, that point, so many highs and lows and so many ups and downs. Like that that was not the end all be all triumph moment. Like there were, (laughs) of course not totally. Right. Um, but I will say that the more low seasons, we can endure 
it's like the easier it gets to trust that we can make it through in those low seasons. Cause it's like, I've done this before. I remember what this feels like. And I remember getting through this and I done it before I will do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We like to talk a lot about how the brain likes proof. Yeah. And so those like low seasons give the brain and then like getting through it, give the brain adequate proof of like exactly what you're saying. Like I've been here before I can do it again. This is, this is a phase just like every other section of my life is a phase. Like there's nothing wrong with a phase in life. That's just how it is. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I love that you just brought to the conversation also like um, I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to like entrepreneurship and, you know, Ruby and I both started, we both opened up spaces when we were 24 and it, like, I love what you said about it being like that blind thing. Cause like I opened up the space and then same thing was desperately not making any money for the first couple of months. And it yeah. was like, what did you think was going to happen? And I was like, I didn't think through this completely. No. How could I possibly <laughs> know all of these things that might happen? And yeah. then all of a sudden, then people are like, what shifted? Like what happened? And I was like, I don't know. Nothing yep. happened. I just stuck with it. And then all of a sudden it took off beyond my wildest dreams. And then the season started coming, yep. you know? And I, and so I think people like what I feel like people saw for me is they were like, this girl at 24 years old decided that she could just like randomly open up a gym, like what on earth? And then she just did it. And now I feel impressed, but also like, how did that just like happen? And it, and so I do think that two parts, I think that people don't realize in, in the world of business ownership, entrepreneurship, uh, living your life on your own terms is that there are, it comes in waves, that all of it comes in waves and what appears to be successful at times comes in waves. And then the parts that you don't see, like what feel like those failures, like every single time that a lot of people like don't see those comes in waves, those come in waves too. So like failures come in waves. Um, and then I kind of forgot the second part I was saying, but I appreciate you bringing in the part about the waves. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's made me a lot more grounded during the high seasons of confidence because mm -hmm. I, I'm reminded that it won't always last and it won't mm -hmm. always feel like this. And there's, I have more, I think I'm practicing being more or having more humility in those spaces um, because in the past, you know, I would be like, oh yeah, like here I am. Like, I'm such a good entrepreneur. Yes, I am. You know, like look what I was able to do. And then, you know, that would be met with the sobering realization that, you know, I'm not always, I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. And like, it's going to fall apart sometimes. It's not always going to be perfect. Um, but now I'm learning how to kind of, my work, a lot of it has been trying to get to the state of like equanimity and just kind of mm. being able to live more in the middle. And it doesn't mean like I don't get excited or that I'm not happy when there's like a great season of business or when things are going really well. I think I am, but uh, it's been a, such a challenge to learn how to, to not be so extreme, you know, to not live on either end of the spectrum, but just to really stay grounded and in the middle of everything. And especially in business, right? When you are doing work that you care deeply about, 
and for clarity of context, yeah, Kate had a, like a small gym, group fitness gym, and I owned a yoga studio. And there's something about just like, yeah, that like 24 year old energy. I just, I love that part of me, the audacity, like she didn't, she didn't hesitate to trust herself. And like, she was looking for all the signs to point her in the direction she wanted to go and taking them as currency and running with it. And yeah, the, the, I mean, on the other end of that, like on the other side, like I hear and resonate with what you're speaking to of like, I was so personally also like invested, like what happened with my business felt like a direct reflection on me as a human. And I really took the waves as though that were true. And so like, I appreciate that, like with age and time and transitions, like, again, I feel like I'm in a similar place of like learning to leave space between like, this is my work and this is me as a human. And they don't have to always be just like direct mirrors of each other to be true and authentic. And then here I'm like, I would also love a dose of that 24 year old gumption. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. Were we all like that at 24? Just, just really doing it. (laughs) I don't know if either of you are familiar. Do you, have you ever had experience with tarot? A little. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. There's the, the first card in the deck is called the fool and the fool is, it's all about jumping right into action. It's like the fool doesn't care. The fool's just ready for the journey. The fool has no idea what's ahead. The fool just jumps in both feet. And that's very much how it felt in the beginning. And now I think having more wherewithal, more wisdom through these last few years is both a blessing and a curse because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more uh, I take my time a little bit more and I'm a little bit more cautious of what I choose to do, but that does, I, I do miss that ad- audacity of that 24 year old girl just going mm-hmm. for, for it full steam ahead. Yeah. There's um Ruby and Anna, I don't, I don't know what, if you, what your religious background is. Um, and my, mine is Christianity and it's not something that I practice anymore, but, um, my mom definitely does. And it's funny that you bring in like the fool to it. Um, cause we just, there's also in the Bible, there's this story of like the fool's journey. Ruby, do you, are you f- familiar with that? You keep going. I wish my, I wish my mom could be here to like really fill us in on all the things I'm about to do that thing where I like half-ass talk about it because I don't fully, I can't like fully articulate the whole story, but um, it is, it is that, uh, that narrative of like the way that when somebody comes into something so fresh and like really without, um, I don't know, I don't want to say without fear, but I do want to say like without like armor maybe. And so they just like come in and the fools, the, you know, like everybody laughs at them all around people are like this girl has no idea what she's doing. But then what the fool often brings is like this wildly compassionate 
and they, they kind of can like overhaul systems and like change things for the better. Cause they didn't, they didn't know that they weren't allowed to do that. Exactly. You know, and they didn't know that you should get in line. Right. And all the people who are around them laughing are the people who are going, you should get in line. You're going to be embarrassed. Right. I'm not exactly sure the con like the context of what you're sharing, but it is making me think of, and now we're having a Bible moment. So it's not like us, (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's making me think of like the sisters, Mary and Martha and like Jesus came to visit and I get them confused, but one of them was like the responsible one. And she's like making sure there's food and everything's taken care of and it's cleaned up fast. And like, everybody's happy. And the other sister is just like sitting at Jesus's feet, like listening. And like, she's like, we can do the dishes later. It's fine. And that kind of like the, the sister who's like doing all the things is like, you're so irresponsible. And like, yeah, like being such a fool to behave that way. Like you have so much audacity to just like be present basically. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the way the story turns out is like the one sitting here listening is the one who is like engaged, you know, in the work, like that's the sister who like ends up getting the praise. And yeah, there's something about just like the energy of like trusting and doing that brings, I don't know. It's really like a fresh energy that that is wise you know like it does come from a wisdom because I do I look Mm -hmm. back at like who I was then and it was more like I feel there was a different wisdom you know that I was like able to tap in easier that was like it will work out I am okay and I'm like doing this thing and um yeah I think that also speaks to like the way that our relationship with trust even that like evolves, like it can be present and like evolve and like what it looks like. And, um, yeah, just that everything, everything's always shifting. Right. And so of course, like our relationship to trust with ourselves can be reliable and shifting. And there's still like so much wisdom in that young twenties version of myself that was just willing to like to try do it yeah it makes me think and like of, go ahead no I, it makes me think of how we were when we were children you yes. know so willing to try and just able to do things without so much fear of embarrassment or rejection or criticism and you kind of just jump in and you say weird shit and <laughs> you're just being really authentic when you're a child and it, it to some extent I think we maybe in our young twenties have a bit of that still. Oh, totally. And I also think that, you know, you're on the internet a lot. A lot of your work is about like your work is about how people show up authentically in those kinds of spaces. And I know that like for Kate and myself, that's been such a challenge to, to trust ourselves in that space, even though we trust who we are so much, knowing that that is like, an arena of criticism, judgment, like place. It's really, it feels like it's really easy to fuck up on the internet. And then how that like may has made me like question my trust of myself in that kind of space over the last few years. And yeah, I don't know if there's anything you want to share in relationship to trust in like a virtual space or like, I guess it also relates to like trust with strangers. Yeah. 
Oh man, there's so many ways we could take this, but the two things that I think of when you were just speaking is one, it's really hard to trust ourselves when we are inundated with so many other people's opinions and thoughts and belief systems. I mean, we're just so, it's so in our faces that it's really hard to listen when there's all this noise. Um, And two, I think, you know, social media is fairly new. I mean, if we look what it's been around for 15 years or so, I mean, not very long in the grand scheme of things. And the way that we were taught and are taught to market ourselves and market our businesses on social medias really derives from how corporations market their services. And there's a lot of difference between marketing a company and marketing your own business and who you are as a person. And the the two really aren't equivalent. Like they're not the same thing. And so that gets lost, that piece a bit. And so we're listening to all of these marketing experts telling us how we should market ourselves and how we should market our businesses. But it's really not the same information that is relevant for a company. Like we need to be able to listen to how we want to show up. What does being genuine online look like for you, look like for me? Maybe it means Instagram's not the right app for someone. Maybe for someone else, it means that like podcasting is the way to go. Or maybe it's more about like what you choose, the content you choose to share is going to be a little bit different than when someone else might be doing. Um, And it's really the trust comes in with trusting that you know the right content strategy for you. And it might look very unconventional, but go with it because ultimately we are the ones who have to sustain it. No one else is going to do it for us. We you know, people can, you can hire someone to help you market your personal brand, but it will never be the same as if you are getting on there and like really sharing your message. And so if you're, if we are the ones who are going to be sharing our message for the existence of social media, as we know it then we have to find something that we are going to be able to do in the long run and keep with and be have it be sustainable for us. And that means trusting our own innate wisdom. The other, what, what you were, what you've just said makes me feel like, um, okay. So I started the gym, right. And I started the gym and I was very vocal about this. People were like, why do we do this kind of workout here? And I was like, it's because that's what I like. I like it and I own this place. And so this is what we do here. And they're like, what about the science of exercise? And I was like, I don't care about the science of exercise. I care about, I want to exercise in a way that makes me feel good. And what I don't want to hear is anything about getting smaller. And so I own the place. And so we don't talk about that here. And what I don't care about is changing the way that my body looks. And so we don't talk about that here. And what I don't need it, you know, like I don't need all this like traditional fitness stuff because I came here to do something different and I need something different. And so all I was in that, at that 24 year old audacity time was tapped into, this is what I need. And in wildly that mark that sold the business, you know, that sold the business to people. Cause they were like, Oh my God, I need that thing too. And then in you saying like, um, in you saying like, well, the internet's only been around. So, so to me, people would be like, wow, you're such like a thought leader in the industry. And I'd be like, that's crazy. Cause really I just own this like place over here that is 
mine and I like this place and it is of me and truly it's for me. And if it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, good day, you know? And so then you saying the thing about like, um, the internet is so new. Social media is so new. And so like all we're doing is we're, we're creating this. Like, and I think like a way in which I have felt stuck is that, and I think, I think I can speak for Ruby a little bit, but, but there's been a, there's been a place for us where we've been like, there's a right way to do this and we're not doing it right. And that's not true. True. Like who says, who makes the rules anyway? Yeah. And Kate, what you're saying about your gym just lights something up within me because that is it. That is what it's all about. It's like, I am doing this for me. And if it resonates with you, come join me. Let's do it together. But that is so authentic to me and so beautiful. And that's exactly the same mentality that I think we should be taking to social media, make content that we ourselves want to see. I just Mm -hmm. make the videos I like to watch, you know, Mm -hmm. and if someone else likes it, great. Awesome. You know, but that I really, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm filling a gap that I I see and I'm, I'm creating what I would love to see someone else make, but Mm -hmm. do it. I'm going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. One of my favorite things to do is like watch my own stories back. And I'm like, that's a great day. You did a great, you, you had a great day, girl. (laughs) You know? And it's like, I make me laugh. Yeah. And yep. You know? And I think there's this conversation around how can you add value online? Are you adding value? And you know, if we were looking at this from the standpoint of a business, sure, sure. But if we're just talking about us as individuals, showing up at all is the value. Like you just being online is value enough. Like you sharing your voice and being authentic and being yourself is so valuable. Mm-hmm. And if we begin to see ourselves in that light and take off a lot of the outside pressure that we feel to add so much then we can just exist as we are and we get to just be in that space and create so much more freely. And when the pressure's off, we really get to just be. I mean, take that offline right into your life, right? Like we're, we're not being like, I mean, and maybe some people are right. Like, and I think this comes up in like pop culture therapy boundary talk of like, well, if you're not adding value to my life, then like, you're not in my life. You know, like, I feel like there's been a shift in like relationships offline too, that feels like we should all be adding value to each other. And it's like, the value is that I'm here, you know, the value is that (laughs) like you're you and I'm me and we're having a moment and And we like each other. And that gets to be I like you. Mm-hmm. It's so, and it, it reminds me of what it's like, again, to be like a child, like just hanging out with your buds and like, we all just come as we are. And we, there's not really a story about it. We're just there. We're just hanging out and we're playing on the playground. Yeah. It's not networking. It's <sighs> not professional it's not the pressure or the pressure to like be on the same page about every single area of your life, or we can't be friends. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. It's Cute. just exhausting. It's- to like be social media the adult playground it could be right if we see it that way you show up when you want to there are other people there you 
some days you want to talk to other people. Some days you want to play by yourself. Yep. Sometimes you want to build a sandcastle. Sometimes you want to swing. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then from there, you start to meet people who are, who also seem to like to do the same little things that you do or who are there doing something that you think is cool and you want to try it. Hmm. That's so cute. Anna, you said something earlier about, um, you were like, something that's happening for me right now is that I, and, and part of like in writing the wave, you were like, um, I know, I, I know less than I used to, or, or, or like as an entrepreneur, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. How do you hold that with trust? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I only know what I know. And there's a whole big wide world out there and there's like infinite ways to do something. And there's a lot that I have yet to learn. And I guess the way that I see how my life's unfolded thus far is that it kind of feels like, and this is kind of a question about like free will versus is it written in the stars type of thing. But I think I kind of just trust that it's already kind of happened. I don't know if you, both of you feel this way, but I feel this a lot. Like I I do feel like I make my own decisions and have free will, but at the end of the day, a lot of my life has felt like it's just happening and it's just going. And I'm kind of like the vessel for which something is being manifested. And there's this surrender that kind of happens. That's like, all right, I don't know exactly what's next, but this is the way that my life is moving and I'm going to go where my life is happening. And it feels really good to kind of let go of the need to control it so much and just see where, where it takes me. I mean, every major decision that I've made in my life has not even really felt like a decision. It just has felt like something that's just happening and I'm just along for the ride. It's bizarre. And I can't necessarily say that like every decision has been the most, the right or responsible one, but it certainly felt right for me. So I don't know. Does that answer the question? We like to call that the next right thing. The next right thing. Okay. Yeah. Like what's the next right thing? Yeah. And, like and that. that's often like, that's often so much like closer for access than something that's like, I mean, I can't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. I can yeah. dream up scenarios. I can tell you like what it feels like it'll be like, but it's like, what's the next right thing that's in the direction of my life? Mm-hmm. Like, I love that the way that you said that of like, I want to be where my life is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like we get to choose that a little bit. And other times it really feels like, oh, it's out of my hands a little bit. And it's not, yeah, right. It's like, I don't know. And in those spaces, instead of trying to overwork or overdo to try to like fix it and put it in a box and try to make sense of it, it's like so much easier just to see where it goes. Yeah. It's like a, it it is a choose your own adventure where it's like the end is always going to be okay. 
And so it's like, yeah, what's the next right thing right now? Did you talking about that? Like fine point between like, like, yeah. Is it free will? Is it like divine written in the stars kind of thing? And I'm like, well, I feel like we could get into a whole like time space continuum <laughs> situation it's both, right? right? where it's like, it all exists. So, I mean, there's like a part of us that knows, yeah. right. And that's the part that knows like what decision to make. It's the part that's like, I feel like this is like what's in here already. Yeah. yeah. This is like, what's in here. Yeah. I remember I was living in Boston and I had gotten the studio for myself right when I moved to New England. And it was probably one of the best years of my life because it was the first time I'd ever lived alone. It was my first apartment on my own. And I was just in this great routine. Like, hey, I felt like the Hulk that year. Like that was my year. And I had just, I just felt really good about myself. You know, I was going to the gym every day and I was doing all my morning routine things. And I was going into my office and just like, oh yeah, I'm a big girl now, you know? And then it all changed. It all just changed so fast. I got a dog and I remember thinking this doesn't make sense for my life at all. Like it does not make sense for me to have a dog for where I'm at and for the age I'm at. And for like, I don't have any help with a dog, but my parents, our family dog, Zoe had a litter of puppies and there were nine dogs and there was one left who hadn't been chosen. And she calls me up. She says, you know, I have this dog and I named him Lawrence after Lawrence Olivier, the actor. And she's like, he has a very, you know, mellow, subdued personality. He's kind of, it's kind of like Eeyore and he's, but he's very sweet. And as she's describing this dog, I have tears. I'm full on crying. It was like, my body had this connection to this dog. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to get a dog right now. And this dog is in Idaho and I live in Boston. Like what the heck? So I went out for Christmas and I meet Lawrence and I'm looking at him and I'm like, you're going home with me. You're going home with me. <laughs> I'm like, that's I don't my know. dog. That's my dog. And I, I rented a, um, a Ford Explorer, like a massive Ford Explorer. And I drove him across the country with me to Boston and he became my dog. And then I ended up living with my best friend. We got a new apartment together. She actually got his sibling puppy or his sibling. So it was me and Crystal Lawrence and Lisa living in this apartment. My life changed overnight. Like it really happened within the span of like three weeks. And that was my, that was my transition year. That was like, oh my God, everything feels uprooted why did I leave that life behind me? Why did I leave my perfect life living on my own? No one to bother me, no dog to take out, to go potty at three in the morning. What did I do? But yet I couldn't shake this feeling that that was the right decision. Like that absolutely was, even though it made my life 10 times more complicated, what I ended up gaining and learning from that year it prepared me for the season I'm in now. You know, I just, there's no way I could have I could, I don't even think I would have been ready for a partner with my boyfriend, Trevor now. And had I not lived with Crystal that year and gotten Lawrence, I just don't think I would have been in the space to meet someone. Like I really, I needed to be someone's roommate. Like I needed to be someone's best friend in that space for me to learn how to be a good partner. And so I think about 
just how lucky I am. And also I'm really glad I trusted myself in that space. Mm -hmm. That didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hearing you talk about that is like, I think so often many of us get a preconceived notion in our head that like, we should be able to trust ourselves to do everything right alone, right? Like we should, I should be able to trust myself to have all my morning routines and like live by myself and figure out all my shit on my own and like have all my time and space and like be productive and like cross all the T's and dot all the I's. And then like, yeah, relationships are mess. Relationships are messy, but relationships are also like the fullness of life comes through like building and having relationships. And then like the, the, the paradox to that, or like, I guess like the myth buster is that actually like the work that we do in relationship and like with ourselves, but in relationship to me, it's like exponential growth compared to the Mm. pace I could move at on my own alone, even though that felt like more controlled and like, I look better. This looks better or whatever. It doesn't feel messy, but then it's like the mess is where it's like the wildflower garden. (laughs) Yes. I just, you know, I remember thinking that year, like, oh, this, it, this, it looks so good. Like it feels so pretty and nice and easy. Like I'm just this, this woman living in her studio doing her things and like, no one's here to bother me, but I was also deeply lonely too. And so, yeah, the fullness of life can be represented and so symbolic of our relationships and God, all that, all those messy, difficult conversations and the fights and the love too. It's all beautiful. And it takes a lot of trust in like a deeper way to build a meaningful relationship with someone. Cause like, yeah, I can trust myself to check off all the boxes. Yeah. I can trust myself to like Mm -hmm. be robotic with my life, but it's like a deeper kind of trust to like have intimacy. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, our partners bring up stuff within us that it would be very hard to be aware of just on, on my own, at least like what Trevor brings up for me. I'm like, there's no way I would be able to have the awareness around this. If it were just me doing my life day in, day out, no one, no one there. Yeah. You wouldn't be affronted by those things. Right. Show up. Yeah. And then also like, um, what I'm really hearing you speak to, and then also how we've talked about how like trust is this like small little, small little voice, like inside. It's also like, so is that like heart space voice and the heart space voice says like, this is what I want, or I go here or, um, I, this is my dog. Now I have a dog now it's I'm, suddenly I have a dog now and I am responsible to it. And I take care of, I take care of this dog and we are heart connected. And so there's like a deeper responsibility um, that's necessary for that kind of little like heart connection. Um, And, and like what we want and what we desire and what we, what we want, what we like, um, you know, like that it's that little trust and that little small voice that tells us those things, those big voices that say, this looks right on paper. I am a big girl. I live in my big girl apartment. I have a big girl job and I wear big girl outfits <laughs> to my big girl <laughs> activities. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know that I don't know what I'm doing, but then it's much scarier to be like, I'm actually in this loving relationship with 
my dog and I've just moved in with my roommate. When I moved in with my very best friend um, of like a a friend of mine said, it kind of feels like you're taking a step back. Yes. People told me that too. Mm -hmm. And then it made me Mm -hmm. get in my head about it. Me too. I was like, am I? And then I was like, I've never felt more of who I am as a person than becoming who I am now after living with him for three years. I can't tell you how much I I resonate with that. Like the year that I spent with Crystal was life-changing. There's Mm -hmm. something about living with a best friend in your adult years Mm -hmm. that I think is so much different than when I did it in college. Like there's so much. You knew it was temporary. Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever, do you live with him now? No, but I talked to him on the phone today. Okay. (laughs) So you live alone now? Well, so no, I don't at all live alone now. It's wild. Yeah. So I went from very much wanting to live by myself. Like I, in college, even I lived by myself. I was like, fuck this. I'm not living with roommate. No way. (laughs) And then I lived by myself for a long time. And then I lived with him. And now um, I live back in my childhood home and my, my dad owns the home. He doesn't live here, but I do see my dad every day. There's a woman who lives downstairs who's in her sixties. There's a guy who lives across the hall from me and he's in his thirties. And so, no, I very much do not live alone. Mm, I Mm -hmm. love that so much. Like there's Mm -hmm. this part of me that wishes I could go back to my childhood home. Like Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I feel like I ache for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And that's why I'm here. And that little heart voice, you know, was like, why don't you just go home? And all the, all the big parts of me were like, because you've done everything to get out of home. You did all these big things. You made these big moves. Like, what are you doing? You can't just like get smaller. Yep. And, um, it's been so interesting to like, my life has gotten significantly smaller And, and also, um, that loneliness that used to be kind of like a dull ache all the time, that part doesn't ache anymore. Yep. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way too. Yeah. There's something really special about you know, getting off of a meeting on Zoom or getting home from an event and having someone be there in the living room and just being mm-hmm. able to like talk with them after a long day. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I've never really had a friend like Crystal, actually. She really sees me and sees me for who I am right now in this space a lot of my community is back in California. So I completely started over in Boston and, you know, Crystal was like the first friend that I really had. And yeah, I didn't understand like how healing that would be to be with someone who truly understands and sees me for who I am and like, will sit with me in those spaces. I'm always so wary of oversharing or overexpressing my feelings I'm like very conscious of not stepping the boundary um and usually I'm on the other side of these calls like I'm the coach I'm the I'm the person working with someone and so to be on the other side and to have someone like hold space for me 
after a year of being completely alone and isolated was just so, yeah, it was life-changing for sure. Yeah. Cause it's, and it's so hard. I mean, it, it can be hard and lonely to be alone. And then it's like so hard and lonely to be doing your own thing, right? Like working alone or like, yeah, in our experience, like we weren't like, I had a team of like 25 people sometimes who were like working for me, but like I was the boss. And so like that, just like that feeling of loneliness. And that's something too, that I really, Kate, I appreciate about our work is that like, we have committed to each other as like business partners because we both felt so lonely in our ventures solo, you know, and like we had each other as support. And that is like, so crucial, right. Just to have a friend, like who's not in this exact same mess (laughs) that you feel like you're in work-wise to bounce things off of. Um, but it's like, that's something too, that like is so underrepresented in entrepreneurship, in business Mm -hmm. ownership is like, you know, we've been told like, do not work with your friend. Like, don't work with your friends. Like don't work with people you like too much. And we're like, um, you know who we're going to go. Yeah. Right. We're going to go. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, there's a woman who I deeply respect in Nashville who said, who I told, I was like, Hey, I want to tell you like, this is, I'm selling my gym business and I'm moving into this other business. It's going to be a 50, 50 partnership with my very best friend. And she was immediately like, don't do it. And I was like, um, I, I'm not open to that advice. I am going to do it. And it's also like, I'm yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, that's not what I came here to ask you about. You know, like, that's not what I want to know, you know, like, um, because it's also again, And like what has brought us together and what continues to bring us together over time is that like little heart voice that says, okay, this might be like whatever this thing is that's like hard, that's making you want to be like, you could do it better without Ruby is not true Yeah, because there's the heart part that says, but you want to do it with Ruby. So like, maybe you could survive your life and you could all, maybe you could do this business without Ruby. But that little heart part would be lonely again. And I don't want, I don't want to choose that. I don't want to choose loneliness on behalf of. Yes. Something else. Oh my gosh. So true. I remember there were times where I was so frustrated with Crystal. Like we would just get in these like little tiffs and I would think, God, why did I move out of my studio? Like, why did Mm -hmm. I do that? And then I would have to remind myself, like, no, you love being here. This feels good to be with someone. Like, you are not lonely anymore. You like this? <laughs> this is a choice that you made and are making every day. So, yeah. One time I went out of town for a long time. And one thing that Taylor loves to do is rearrange the home. And and I know, like, I know that I like that about him. Like, it's a beautiful thing about him. He does nesting in a way that I never did nesting. And so to live with somebody who nested was this beautiful experience that I was having all the time. But then I went away um, for like a month and then I came home and Taylor had moved everything in the kitchen. He had moved, all the drawers were different. All of my dishes were nowhere that I could find them. And I was like, move out, immediately move out. Like, you cannot deal with this. This is not okay. And then I like went to my room. I had my like hissy fit in my room. And then I was like, okay, but you live here. (laughs) And you love him. So what are you going to do about this? And I went downstairs and I was like, Taylor, listen, here's the deal. I feel extremely out of control in my life. 
And now I have come home and I can't find anything in the kitchen. And so I'm on the verge. I am on the verge. <laughs> and he was like, he like stood up like pretty slowly. And he was like, well, then let's take a tour of the home. <laughs> and so we did. And he was like, this is where I put this. And, and he like reoriented me to our home together. And that became a practice. Every time he moved something, he would come and he would get me and he'd be like, let me show you what I've just done. And, and it, it didn't feel like anything that happened. It wasn't like you have, we had to write it down on a list. Like Taylor, if you move this, you have to tell me where it is. It just became a way, a way that he innately started caring for me in that way. And I was like, this is so I could just tell people this. I can just say that this out loud. And, and if I'm lucky, not if I'm lucky, if I follow that like little heart voice that says this person is one of your people, then they will have no problem reorienting me to a space when I feel out of control. Yes. And I feel like that's what's our friend. That's what our friends and our partnerships are supposed to do for us. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think I'm Taylor in this scenario. <laughs> well, I love it. And you bring a beautiful thing to people's world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Poor Crystal would be like, Oh God, here, here we go again. What are we doing this time? Fun. And you know what I bet she misses now <laughs> is somebody who's always trying to make something nicer than it was. It's so dynamic to, to be mm-hmm. in relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All fun and tender. From our conversation then, Anna, if you were to give the audience like one piece to leave with from the conversation of like trust, what feels most present for you? What would you want them to take with them? I love that. What I'm getting, what I'm hearing is you are the strategy. Being who you are is enough. Showing up in whatever way feels good for you online, sharing your message in whatever way feels good for you online, which if anyone is listening to this, I'm betting that you do have something that you want to share. Like I'm betting there is something that you're working on or working towards. And what a beautiful gift that is to share that love with other people. Social media is just one tool, one way of using that or one way of using, uh, one way of getting your message out there. So it's so much less about the rules and so much more about creating your own and just really trusting yourself that you know what's best and you know the right way. And if it doesn't feel like the right time to post, don't post. And if it does post, it can be that simple. So, yeah. Get out there and share your, share your light, share your message. Love that. And then the last question that we like to ask people in the, the spirit that everything we do is focused on like self-inquiry and self-study and how we like go a little deeper within ourselves. What does your current self-study practice look like? Hmm. I am learning and really focusing on loving kindness meditation. So I repeat these six phrases to myself every morning. Um, may I be peaceful. May I be strong. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be at ease. 
may I be free from suffering. And I direct loving kindness towards myself. And then we think of one person who we love. We direct loving kindness towards them. And then we think of one person who's neutral for us. So it could be like the mailman or it could be somebody you just happened to see in the street and you direct those same um, affirmations or those same statements towards that person. And then you think of someone who you have a difficult time with and you direct loving kindness towards them. May they be peaceful. May they be strong. May they be happy. And then you think of the world and you direct loving kindness towards the world and the, all of the beings within our world. And um, it's been such a, a practice where I do have to trust myself because there are times where I'm like, what the, this doesn't do anything. May I be, <laughs> but, but I will say like, it does, it does make a difference. It's just the way that we speak to ourselves. And so that is what my uh, self-work looks like looks like right now it's practicing loving kindness. Well, let me tell you the way that we like to close all of our episodes is to give, we give, or we give our guests an opportunity to share a few maybes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> well, that could not have been more perfect. I know. Totally. <laughs> wow. Will you say, um, will you say to our, will you address the audience with your may you be? Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. Okay. May you be peaceful. May you be strong. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be at ease. May you be free from suffering. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here and talking to us and sharing your spirit and being so willing to step into conversation and um, would love for you to tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah, I am on TikTok and Instagram. Basically, any social media channel is just my first and last name at Anna Vitoni. And then you can also find me at AnnaVitoni.com. And then my email is hello at anavotoni.com. So it's all kind of the same everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. Thanks. thanks. Thanks, ladies. The Myself Study practice gives you the skills and techniques to explore your feelings, identify your needs, set boundaries, and communicate clearly and compassionately so that who you want to be aligns with how you actually show up. It offers a container for inquiry and self-discovery. It's a place for you to land. When you give yourself a framework for accountability, you open yourself to the possibilities that are awaiting you. The self-study program and one-on-one self-study coaching fosters autonomy, yes, and thinking and meaningful connection. We do it together as a reminder that we are not alone. The My Self-Study practice is designed to empower you to step off the hamster wheel of who you should be and into the life you want to be living. And the way to put yourself back in the driver's seat is to explore the nine themes of the self-study practice, which are. And they go something like this. Presence says, I'm here with the moment. Acceptance says, I allow what's here to be what it is. Trust says, I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. Courage says, I can, I can and I will. 
Freedom says every part of me belongs. And boundaries say, and I choose to take care of myself. Rest says I'm worthy of space and grace. Compassion says I add value just by showing up. And connection and community say I'm an integral part of something bigger than myself and I don't have to go it alone. Thank you so much for being with us on the self-study podcast. We love being here and we love that you are here with us. Please share with a friend, leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on. And if you have any suggestions of a guest we should have on, go ahead and send them our way. You can connect with us at connect at the duality project.com. Okay. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Cute. Great.